Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 111. Today, we're talking about how to practice fierce kindness with Melanie Salvatore August. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you're thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and to take family and life to a new level of peace and cooperation. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls who challenge me to every day to hone my craft. So... Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. We've been really having a lot of fun here. I've been getting some incredible feedback from you guys. Thank you for the wonderful reviews and the emails and the notes and the shares, everything. It just really makes me feel amazing. So thank you so much for that. If you are new to the Mindful Mama podcast, thank you for being here. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And we mix it up here. We have interviews, episodes with just you and me, etc. And we talk about lots of things pertaining to how to be a mindful mama in this crazy world. So you'll hear a lot. But today we're going to be talking to Melanor Salvatore August. And she's a mama, teacher, and author, and kindness activist. She has taught yoga since 2005, like me. And she's the author of Kitchen Yoga and Fierce Kindness, Be a Positive Force for Change. 
very, very cool book that we're going to talk about. This conversation goes deep. It's really cool. Mel shares tested tools to create joy, growth, and freedom. And that's what we talk about. We talk about this constant lifelong practice and state of mind and also how things don't necessarily have to be complicated to be effective and how sometimes change happens very quickly. So there's a lot here. I know that you are going to get so much out of this episode. She's really a deep and wise human being that you are going to love. And yeah, so we're going to dive into this episode just quickly before we do. Just want to let you know that if you're listening to this live, this is the towards the end of March 2018. And coming up soon is the deadline for joining my spring retreat in Wilmington, Delaware at the Winterthur Country Estate on April 14th. We won't be taking any people, I think, after the end of the month. So if you're interested, please join the amazing women who have already joined this retreat. It's going to be an amazing day with food and relaxation and deep listening and just Ah, letting go, like feeling held and supported and just in community, right? We need that so much. So come me in person. We get to hug and hang out. That's at mindfulmamamentor.com slash spring retreat. So I hope you'll check that out there. And then let's just dive into this episode. Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you so, so much for having today. me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, you know, I've introduced you, but you're a mama. You have three boys, right? And mm-hmm. a yoga teacher. And how old are your boys right now? Mm. Uh, just turned 11, eight, and just turned four. I had two oh January gosh. babies. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So you're in the thick of it with the four-year-old still, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, we, we just did potty training. We, we had been reluctant trainers. So we just did that. And now I feel like somehow we're shifting gears, you know, finally out of diapers and things. So, Hallelujah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's wonderful and a lot. I'm super humbled by it. Oh my gosh. So I've been loving reading Fierce Kindness and I really want to kind of, I want to kind of go back to what, what brought you to writing this book? I'm just always curious about kind of the backstory because it's this lovely book. I recommend everyone get it and just kind of put it by your bedside. And it's got all these, the messages are amazing, which I'm sure we'll dive into, but take us back to what made you decide to write this book. Hmm. Well, thank you. By the way, I really appreciate it. No, like any of us, it's a progression over so many years of making realizations and kind of figuring out, wow, that doesn't work. (laughs) 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 Or, Or, wow, that does really work. And I myself had gone through a series of really dark years, really dark years, my 20s and, and even my early 30s, really, really rough. And even though if I, when I look back on paper, it looked like I had everything I could possibly ever want, I didn't see it. And my yoga exploration, you know, learning, just learning about the process of becoming the observer and not listening to everything that you tell yourself, which is a part of yoga, super powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I started when I taught asana and meditation, I started to 
begin to explore how do we separate from our thoughts and then how do we listen to how we're talking to ourselves <laughs> and then how do we say no that's wrong and begin to turn it around and from that feel like we're part of something bigger to do good in the world like okay i'm going to shift myself and now i'm going to at the same time go out and be a positive force for change so it happened in my classes and it started just to become this thing that then it's I just put it down on paper. This is what we're talking about. So it sounds like it was this process of listening to the negative thoughts first, right? Like listening mm -hmm. and kind of realizing when you're in that place of darkness, like being brave enough to look at how am I contributing to this? Is that kind of what I'm getting? I think absolutely. I mean, it hits accountability. Like, wow, I'm accountable for how I'm talking to myself. And can I say a naughty word? It's not that naughty. <laughs> okay, but, sure, go for it. <laughs> but I'm being I'm being a dick to myself. That's terrible. <laughs> like you're like what? Doing that and and that process too of like being able to slowly but surely through really powerful and and long used tools because they are indeed classic yogic tools shift myself and then to see it affect others and see other people be able to do that too. Really powerful. Wow. Wow. So what were the tools that helped you the most to shift from this darker place into a better place? The first one, it may be debatable if it's a tool, but the realization that I'm not my thoughts. Mm -hmm. The realization that there's somebody listening to the thoughts, like I'm the guy listening to the thoughts, not necessarily the guy talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny because like we can kind of know that and think that, but then when you realize it, you're like, oh, I'm really not my thoughts. It's like amazing. Yes. Yeah. And with that, you know, I'm, I'm not my circumstances, like mm. even to the point that this may feel very esoteric, but even in a female body, I'm, yes, I'm collaborating with that circumstance right now, but I am not that. Mm. I am something more. Mm. Now you, you talk about in the book, you talk about that there are two kind of channels or frequencies, like a positive channel, which you call the love channel, mm -hmm. and you call in the negative channel, which you call the fear channels. Then you kind of describe the difference between as people are maybe thinking about, well, how do I understand? How do I recognize these thoughts? How do I get this distance? But but also this idea of, of recognizing what is, a, say, a fear channel thought versus a love channel thought. Mm -hmm. In that aspect of being the observer and, and feeling connected to something bigger than just the circumstances. And not to poo-poo circumstances because, like, you're in pain, you're in pain. Circumstances can be very, very hard. But they're in flux. And, and that constant place, that connected place for me and for many that I've experienced, that it is one that feels safe, whole, warm, held in that aspect. And so to me, that, that coming from that space is, some may call it God, I, I call it love. It's like, okay, it's like the, the starting point, the womb of love. And if a thought I'm having... And then again, that's like, well, I have to be able to listen to them and then discern what I'm saying and feel how it feels in my body. If that thought is from love, which is the most joyful, powerful place to be from, 
then it will have a certain feeling in my body. It may have like a warmth in my belly. I might feel a relaxation. My breath may deepen. And the bottom line is I have enough and there is enough. And let's sit with this and, and, and see where to go. You know, And the fear for me, again, I can only kind of go for me, but the fear contracts me. The fear is what's going to happen to me my muscles tighten, my breath shallows, my jaw seizes up, and it feels a certain way. And I'm a very feeling kinesthetic person, so I can feel my, my stomach or my belly. I can feel that oftentimes before I can hear the thought. Mm. And so when I get that feeling, I think, okay, you know, I need to stop and breathe and try to dissect what it is that I'm hearing. What am I telling myself? Yeah. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It's really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs, and it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. 
So you're taking that time to pause and say, this feels crappy right now. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. am I telling myself that feels so crappy? Yeah. And I, you know, I boiled down like, what am I afraid of right now? And sometimes <laughs> I'm Italian. I'll blame it on everything. I'm Italian, French, Hunter. It comes out as anger. Like, but you know, like when I start to get angry, like what am I afraid? Like I just need to work my, myself through it and listen, come down to it. Do you see most of your anger is coming from fear? A lot of it does. Yeah. A lot of it does. Do you see that in your parenting you now? Because you have three boys, they're, you know, they're all these different ages, and, and you know, and I think that too. Like, I, you know, when I really look at my parenting, when I really look at the times where I've lost it, it's like I'm. For me, it's like old baggage. It's always old baggage. It seems to always kind of be old baggage. Absolutely. Um, you find the same thing. I, I do. I do. Well, first, and I have to say again, it's incredibly humbling. Like mm-hmm. I can. I can be much more creative and help regulate and direct myself out in the world. And then I get home with my boys and I'm just like back to square one. I mean, it's, they're amazing, amazing teachers and I'm deeply humbled. And a joke in, in our family now is that if I get scared, I get angry. So like if I, you know, what are you doing? You know, because I'm scared, you're going to like break your brother's neck. So yeah, yeah, lots of triggers and lots of old programming. And with that also, that's like to go back in that loving space and go, wow, you know, my ancestors, they lived through a lot, you know, to see them with compassion. And my parents, they're awesome and they did the best they can and they're doing the best they can and we're each on each other's shoulders. You know, that they, there are a lot of love that happened before us that brought us to right now where I'm having an aha moment. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about this idea of accountability. And I love that, like, you bring this idea of encouraging accountability into your book and this idea to choose to be, like, curious and content in spite of your circumstances, which I love. I love that idea. But at the same time, I've recently been struggling with this idea because Uh you were not accountable for the way you were raised. You're not accountable for your genetic contribution. Like you probably didn't even have that much self-awareness till you were in your maybe twenties, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do we reconcile this idea of kind of a radical accountability for how we feel and how we show up in the world and how we parent and even accountability for our thoughts and all that stuff with, you know, we are inter R with everything and we are a product mm-hmm. of everything that came before and our culture and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I hear you. I deeply hear you. What goes through me is the, the amazing gift of beginning again, Mm. beginning again, beginning again, you know, whether it's coming up with the sun or finishing the exhale and starting an inhale, we have this opportunity to begin again and put our, our heart forward to be accountable on not the circumstances necessarily, but how we look at them to find where the information is, to find where the nourishment is. And I say this, and that's based on a belief that I'm a part of something bigger, which is that first tool, that I'm not my thoughts and I'm a part of something bigger. And I know that that translates differently to every person. 
but as I believe I'm a part of something bigger and that I'm collaborating in this life, I'm not driving at all, but I am playing tennis with it. <laughs> you know, it's up to me how I hit it back. Yeah. Or hold yeah. the ball. Yeah. So what you're saying is like, even no matter what our circumstances are, like, what can, like kind of looking for those places of responsibility, like looking for them and saying, what can I be accountable for? How can I make some shift, make some change in, in these places? And, and even just at least, you know, no matter what your circumstances, you can get down to that level of changing your thoughts and that can change everything. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on. I, I also feel like, excuse me for a little naughty language again, it sucks less right? <laughs> just like that. You know, it really sucks to have absolutely no power. It sucks. So where can I lovingly, gently, and truly gain my power on this? This may seem extreme, but for many years, it was a, a kind of a constant process of meditation almost where I would imagine that I was completely bound. I couldn't move anything. I couldn't speak. I couldn't see, I couldn't respond, I could just breathe, and then what would I do? And the, the realization of like, if I can still breathe, and I'm still within this consciousness, then I have everything I need, and everything else I can redirect. And you talk about, and I want to talk about, like you talk about training your eye to see the good in the situation, but you're saying that everything else you can redirect. So before training the eye to see the good, I'd love to what are some of the ways we can redirect? You, you know, you talk about some ways to shift and, you, you know, like, so I'd love for it to hear from your own words. What are, what are these ways that we can shift if we're kind of mm -hmm. stuck in this like mucky negative place and we're feeling anxious, we're feeling fear, you know, just those natural things that it's not our fault that we're feeling them, but how can we shift them? Totally. And this comes through me in a very like, okay, you know, some of it's really common sense kind of mama stuff. And it really doesn't have anything to do with the logical conversation, right? It's more the things that I all throw out feel more maybe visceral, like go outside, <laughs> change the air you're, you're in. You know, obviously this is that you can make these moves. If you're dry, go take a shower, clear it off. You know, if you're very still and feel stuck, move, turn on your favorite music, dance. I mean, stuff that I think that we're all like, oh yeah, of course we could do that. And it's incredibly effective. I mean, for us, for babies, I remember my, you know, my firstborn, he just cried and cried and cried and everyone would be like, take him outside. And it would be amazing. We'd walk out the door and he'd look up and then suddenly he'd stop. <laughs> you know, so I think that we're, we're just like that. And, and if we're moving, 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 stop. So those simplest things, drink a glass of water, mm -hmm. and they're very kind of physical. And then the aspect I find also too of like, okay, stream of, stream of conscious writing, start to hear the crap that's coming through you, which you're participating in with your brain. Start to see it and look at it. I find swear words really helpful. <laughs> You know, that, that F word especially, wow, it has power and it can be used in so many different ways, right? Just a conversation just with that to yourself, like clear it out. And then within that, starting to really then inquire. But I feel like there almost needs to be a catharsis or a anchoring, either one or the other, to begin. 
So kind of like where you are, like take a moment to look at it. And kind of what I'm hearing from you is experiment, like try something, just Uh try something. Like don't just say, this is the way my life is. And I just, you know, like Uh take, take some action to change. Yeah. Yeah. Or the thought like, I don't like outside. I don't like water. (laughs) I don't do water. I don't do mornings. You know, whatever it is. I think it's just a tool in the toolbox and different tools at different times and just keep trying. And then if you feel like, of course, if you feel like I'm just, I'm not able to do it on my own, then reach out to a mentor, you know, reach out to you, reach out to me, reach out. And people will rally to help you when you reach out, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just making the decision that I'm going to do something, I'm going to make a shift can be so powerful to starting to see all kinds of places and resources and support. I mean, I feel like that's all I see around me is like, and then I When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts for you to talk about this too like you know you talk about the idea of the law of attraction and I have personally I have mixed feelings about that but I really Mm -hmm. appreciate the idea of seeing the good that is in any situation and I kind of see that like when you start to look for the good you see it just like if I you know I ask you to look around this room and you that you're in and I say look for all the red things you know you're gonna see a ton of red things like Mm -hmm. I never knew all these red things were there and then (laughs) (laughs) if you look for all the blue things you'll be like oh my gosh i know and you're changing my mind right now i'm looking for all the red and now i just went blue you're you're mind controlling me (laughs) yeah i mean i i really see that's a very 
beneficial way of looking at things. So tell me about how that how that came about in your own life, trying to training your eyes to see the good. Well, first, you know, I feel like there's this aspect of like when things are overly simplified, we turn away from them because somehow mm-hmm. I feel like many of us are, are trained that things need to be complicated to be effective or everything, you know, change takes a long time. And I think that there are many ways up the mountain and all can be applicable. And so there is that aspect of like, oh, law of attraction, it's almost too simple. And I have to say that it was kind of a joke I was playing with myself years back. It was like, okay, well, nothing's working. So, huh, I'm just going to play a game and I'm going to tell myself, and I, I, you know, use this example. It's so mundane. It's so actually kind of like, oh God, you're on a stair stepper at a gym, you know, like, you know, and just what am I telling myself? And I'm going to tell myself, I can do it. And I'm mocking myself the whole time. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can. And I did. And I was like, holy moly. Oh my God, this is the secret to life, you know? And then, and then I forgot all about it and I, you know, stuff like that. Another time in New York, again, I, I use this in the book, but just that I was, I was having a hard time leaving my apartment. And, and I mean, seriously, leaving, I was not leaving my apartment in New York City. And, um, and I decided that, you know, I was just going to go out. I kind of had to push myself out. Of course, you know, all my friends and family were on alert. You know, Mel, <laughs> Mel's, Mel's holed up in New York City and not leaving. So I, I, I forced myself. I'm like, I'm going to go out for this amount of minutes. And I'm going to look for kindness. Mm. And I started to see it. I saw it immediately. And it melted me and stayed out a lot longer than I had planned because it was like, oh, I'm okay. And it was a repetition of doing those things that then I, I realized that there was actually this really genuine power in it. Yeah. And you start to find what you're looking for. You looked for you found kindness. Yeah, and I stopped mocking it as well. Mm. I I stopped actually undermining it. Mm. And I allowed myself to believe because the little Melzy, sweet one inside, really does want to believe. Yeah, cynicism can be tough, right? It's like such a way, it's like, oh, I'm it really undermines a lot of things and prevents us from, from being immersed and seeing joy and things like that. I mean, this is beautiful. I love this, Melanie. So, you know, you're going out, you're looking for that kindness, that fierce kindness. I love this. Fierce kindness. Why fierce? Tell us. For me, and it's also what I've experienced, is that it it takes my utmost highest energy to shift myself. It's not an easy thing. The cynicism, the, the fear, it's like a really deep laid operating system. I don't naturally go to like, yes, this is great. <laughs> I'm going to give all I can and not be worried if I get hurt or what. I know hurt meaning like emotionally. I could expound on that, but just in the aspect of I could easily go down the rabbit hole and listen to those uh, scarcity thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes the, a really strong part of me, a part that's connected to something bigger to, than myself, the part that has a belief that, there is purpose to my life. Mm. I love that. I'm not exactly sure all the levels of what that purpose is. And at this point, I'm okay with not knowing all the levels of that purpose. But I do know there is purpose. 
Well, the, you're, you're having some ripple effects right now. Absolutely. Just uh, even just for me having this conversation with you, I'm, I'm feeling inspired and I just, we can feed each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can, mm-hmm. we can feed each other this kindness. I love this. So how does this ripple into your parenting and also like these principles, you know, that you write about in fierce kindness, you know, about, you know, changing your thoughts and curiosity and, and all these practices, you know, these practices of forgiveness and the choices and things like that. How are you sharing this with your sons? And, you know, are you sharing it? Do they, are they receptive? You know, I'm really, because I've got almost 11 year old too. I know what it's like. (laughs) Well, receptivity, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of my guys, I'll leave him nameless, but he makes me laugh because he'll say in a moment where he's not happy with whatever I'm doing and what's going on, he'll say, you're not furious kindness, mom. And now he does realize it's fierce, but at the time that was what he thought it was. And and it would just, I'd be like, you're right. (laughs) I'm failing. (laughs) And this is something that I'm consistently grappling with. Like, I mean, I was raised with an understanding of discipline mm-hmm. and that a child needs to listen and be directed by the parents or that child will get into a lot of trouble. Get them to listen now because when they're a teenager, they're going to you know, burn your house down or have babies everywhere, whatever it is going to be. A lot of fear. Yeah. It feels exhausting to me and it feels, it doesn't align with love. I know it is meant to love, but it doesn't line. So I'm trying and I, you know, let's talk in 10, 15 years and see how, <laughs> how it goes. You know, maybe 20 years, I don't know, but I'm, I'm trying to just continue to come back and connect mm-hmm. and apologize when I am not on the mark and talk them through, mm. you know, like that's, this is, that sounds based in fear and my reaction right now, that was a reaction and it's based in fear. We could tell ourselves something different. Why don't we tell ourselves that let's, let's feel how that feels when we tell ourselves that I'm honoring my body right now by eating the carrots instead of going back and getting another round of JoJo's, which are our favorite Trader Joe's cookies, you know, like something like that. Are they receptive sometimes? My oldest picked up the book and well, it was to earn more video game time, but then he read the book (laughs) and we discussed the chapters. But I, you know, I, I allowed it to like, well, if you want to do it, that'd be really great. And then you could, you know, that'd be kind of like you could earn something and it was really fun. So I think the book can actually be a really fun thing for children. And that's one of my hopes that, uh, you know, I can move it to translate. So it's, it, maybe it doesn't need a lot of translation, but it'll maybe a little, so it's more accessible, like a workbook or something. That's one of my, my dreams, I think. Yeah. It's a fun book to want to write in. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> I want to write all over it. Right. And I will start. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's, I think it's meant to be, I hope it's meant to be loved on. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And I, you know, I hear you saying like, come back in, in years, but it's like, we can't control everything for our kids. But, but what I'm kind of hearing from you is this, like I can practice showing up the best I want to show up and I can practice showing up from love instead of fear. And I can practice recognizing that this is from fear and not just justifying it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, 
I guess it's a, it's a step of faith, mm -hmm. uh, faith that love and connection will have more power. Yeah. Yeah. And we can make that choice as you yes. so eloquently in this book. I love it. I love it. So thank, thank you, you so much. much. I really appreciate you know, talking to you, Melanie, where can people find out more about you and the book? And there's another book too. We talked about Fierce Kindness a lot, but there's this lovely kitchen yoga book where Melanie shares with pictures. These books are really fun books to kind of have around. They're tactile. <laughs> they're very, I like them. They're tactile. Uh -huh. <laughs> they are. Even the covers, like, uh -huh. like canvasy. Anyway, so where can people find out about you and, and your work and what's going on with you? Well, thank you for all of that. So I have a website, melaniesalvatoreaugust.com. It's being revamped right now, but it, you know, it'll have, it has consistent tools and links and things. The books are everywhere. Books are sold. There's also an audible book of The Fierce Kindness, which if you like to listen, that was really fun to do. And I teach in the Bay Area, and then I, I often teach remotely. And you know, if you ever wanted me to come do a workshop. I, I love to travel and, and connect with people. So I'm open to that. And fiercekindness.org. We're growing. I have a, a lovely partner who's a trauma therapist. And so we're growing trauma tools with these yoga tools, practical yoga tools. So there's good stuff coming. Good stuff coming. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast, but also just thank you for this work that you're doing, for dedicating your life and your, your energy towards bringing this beauty into the world, for opening people's eyes to beginning again, and to sharing your challenges, which makes it all the more accessible for all of us. So thank you, Melanie. Uh, thank you so much. And, and right back at you. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening. Don't you love Melanie? She's pretty amazing, huh? I feel like she's a soul sister. So I hope you really enjoyed that. If you have questions, as always, you can email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. You can find the show notes and all kinds of things. I even have free courses, all sorts of stuff at mindfulmamapodcast.com. And if you're interested in joining me in person at the spring retreat, go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash spring retreat. Get one of those few spots left. And that's it for this week. I wish you a beautiful week. I wish you peace. I wish you joy. I thank my dear William Fields for the music and all the incredible support. And I thank you for listening, for being part of this movement of people changing consciousness around the world. Wow, so cool. Wow, right? You are not alone. Not. So, I wish you a beautiful week. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to be having a more grounded, more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I want to show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need 
and it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.